You may have heard of physician mortgage loans, but weren't quite sure how they worked or even if it'd be a good option for you. So who exactly are the loans good for and how are they different compared to conventional mortgages? Let's go find out. Residency can be such a letdown when it comes to building your financial foundation, but it truly doesn't have to be that way. If you're a physician wanting to take control over your financial future and take back the freedom you deserve, come hang out with this money nerd. No long hours or sleepless nights, just you, me, and the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and welcome back to the show. We've talked a few times on the show about buying a home and making sure not to take out too much debt in order to do it. I get asked by a ton of clients, and honestly, all of you, about physician mortgages, and is it worth looking into? So we're going to do a deep dive on the topic, and I want you to walk away with an understanding on some of the key terms and the basics around mortgages, the advantages and disadvantages of physician mortgages, and some of the common mistakes that we see physicians make when it comes to the doctor mortgage loans and how not to make those. So if you're buying a home and you need to take out debt to purchase it, or if you already own a home, then this episode really is for you. I've created a quick guide to walk you through how much home you can actually afford. This is going to be really critical as you start evaluating mortgage types and looking for your new home. In the description of this episode where you're listening right now, there's a link. Click on it and I'm going to send you over the guide to make sure that you don't overspend on your upcoming home purchase. So let's get started. What exactly is a physician mortgage loan? It's also called a doctor loan or a physician home loan. Honestly, it's all the same stuff. What it is, is a loan that is a special type of mortgage product available to MDs and DOs. They don't have quite as many restrictions compared to what other borrowers would have to go through when getting their conventional loans. If you have a decent credit score, let's say 700 or above, then you're going to find that a physician home loan could make it easier and faster for attendings to buy a home with little or no money down and avoid private mortgage insurance or PMI. So you're probably asking yourself, why would a bank create a specific product just for us? I'm super in debt. I probably have negative net worth and you maybe just started earning a decent salary. Well, when you look at it on paper, it is probably a little curious, like why would they do this? So why to get the special treatment? Well, it's because doctors have this very distinct advantage. They have enormous potential to earn money. The average salary of physicians is definitely over 200,000 now. And you couple that with a strong job outlook on the profession and job market, it's kind of a win-win for lenders. And they looked in, obviously dove into the numbers and doctors actually have lower default rates on loans versus other types of borrowers. So Unfortunately, doctors are used to taking out a ton of debt and they're probably debt immune at this point. Lenders know that and they know that they're going to pay it back. So the the rates that I have found is that doctors have a 0.2% default rate compared to five times higher for the average consumer at 1.2%. And the high potential for income, the understanding of, hey, there might be some debt forgiveness with their student debt using PSLF combined with lower default rates, are why physicians are ideal candidates or targets for this specific product. There's honestly a ton of advantages for physician mortgage loans. And I think we should start off by talking the positive. 
I'll be the good cop here. We should be looking at what are some of those advantages. So some of those advantages is that you can actually use your offer letter as proof of future income if you haven't started your position yet. They don't let anyone else do this but physicians. They also have a lower down payment threshold. For many borrowers, coming up with a down payment is usually the biggest hurdle to overcome when trying to buy a home. Sometimes that savings of the down payment can take years. Well, lenders who usually offer these physician mortgages usually accept 0% down, which honestly is super rare in today's competitive mortgage world. Most mortgage products with 0% down come with massive fees, tons of different requirements, but that's not really present in the physician mortgage market. And this means that borrowers for these loans don't have to save tens of thousands of dollars before they're ready to buy a home. Now, as the planner in me saying this makes me cringe, but it's the truth and it is an advantage and it's not always the best idea. You need to weigh the positives and the negatives to the strategy, but these are the options and the advantages. And this is especially compelling when you compare it to conventional loans, which require down payments of, you know, three to 5%. And if you've done any research at all, you've probably come across the term PMI and that's private mortgage insurance. PMI is really a way for a lender to charge a monthly fee to collect a quote unquote insurance on you in case that you default in the loan. And the thought is that if you're putting less than 20% down, you're at a higher risk to loan money to. And you may be thinking like, well, PMI probably isn't that much to worry about. It's probably not going to cost that much. Well, PMI costs a ton of money. It's anywhere from 0.3 to 1.2% of the total mortgage. And you're going to pay this amount until you've paid 20% of your mortgage off, which honestly is going to take years. Well, doctor mortgage loans, they have this advantage that you don't have to pay any PMI. And when you put 20% or less down, whereas almost every other kind of mortgage uh, that would require PMI for having less than 20% down, the physician mortgages don't have it. So if you have a mortgage right now and you have PMI and you or your spouse is a physician, you need to refinance because you should not be paying PMI at all. Another huge advantage is that they're exempt from the caps on loan amounts. Again, the planner me kind of cringes, but most borrowers have limits of how much loan they can actually take out. And there's additional fees to borrowers if they go above the limit for what's called jumbo loans. And now jumbo loans are loans that are just more than the conforming limit, meaning it conforms to Fannie and Freddie requirements. And in 2019, the jumbo loan limit is $484,350. So if your loan is above that, it is considered a jumbo loan. Physician mortgages are exempt from those additional charges, as well as the cap to how much someone can actually borrow. And that's honestly a huge advantage to a physician, but it also makes me cringe a little as the planner. Now, while all these advantages sound really great, again, it's important not to take out too much debt and buy that massive doctor house and then feel house poor forever. You really need to weigh out how much house can you afford how much do you really want to spend on a home each month? And I say this because you might find that if you spend a little bit less on a home, your monthly payments will be lower and that would allow you to spend money on things that you think are more fun. That could be travel, entertainment, or it could be paying more for your kid's college. It's really up to you. 
So you may be wondering, since there are so many advantages to these loans, if a bank will use that opportunity to give you a higher interest rate. Lenders who provide physician home loans often extend the same interest rates as they would to a jumbo loan. This means that you're likely to pay about an eighth, maybe a quarter percent higher than if you were to take out a conventional loan, which is 20% down, in the conforming limits of that 484000 So at this point, you're probably ready to sign on the dotted line. You know, the fewer requirements, the no down payment, a bank willing to lend you honestly whatever you need. It sounds like a pretty easy decision, but not so fast. Before you agree to take on this loan, you need to consider all the pros and the cons to these types of mortgages. So let's talk about some of the disadvantages. Almost all physician mortgages have a variable interest rate with them. A ton of lenders out there that are doing these physician loans will quote you a variable interest rate as opposed to a fixed interest rate. Sometimes you'll get a fixed interest rate with a variable on the back end, like a 10-1 arm. And I'll explain that in a minute, but it's essentially fixed for a little part and then it's variable ongoing. Not all of them, but we list out some really great lenders on financialresidency.com. Go check it out. Remember that everyone's situation is different. But in this interest rate environment, it's really tough for me to imagine that anyone would have a variable interest rate on their home. If you're looking at a home now and you're going to be in it five plus years, you're going to want to get a fixed interest rate. Another disadvantage is that there is limitations with condos and primary residence quote unquote requirements. So if you're looking at purchasing a condo, you have to make sure that the lender one understands that it's a condo and that you're going to use this mortgage for that purpose. Because most lenders, uh, especially for doctor loans, will not finance a condo. In addition to that, you have to make sure that it's your primary residence because they will not allow you to use these loans for a vacation or a rental property. I think another disadvantage is you need to have an honest conversation about how much house you can really afford. It doesn't mean that you should take on that amount that you were approved to purchase. And this would be a perfect example of what I refer to as lifestyle inflation. Look, the banks love doctors and they love making money off of you. This means that you can easily qualify for a loan, which you have no business purchasing. So I think you need to be going through all of your monthly expenses, not just your debts, and you should see how much a mortgage payment will impact your monthly budget. And I'd be asking questions like, will you be able to comfortably make this payment as well as continue to pay for your student loans or even add to that to crush your student debt? And if you aren't budgeting or tracking your spending, you really need to start. Personally, I use Tiller. They're great software. You can check them out at financialresidency.com slash Tiller, T-I-L-L-E-R. While you're understanding kind of how your money is moving and what your cash flow looks like, I think it's a great time to also evaluate your other financial goals. So how will this loan fit into your overall financial picture? And I want you to think about your priorities. Make sure that your mortgage still allows you to fund that emergency savings account to fully max out your retirement accounts and even put money towards your children's education if that's a goal of yours, right? Whatever your goals are, you want to make sure that the mortgage will allow you to stay on track with it and not take you further away from what you really want to achieve. If you haven't gone through that exercise yet, again, make sure you click the link in that description and get the guide to figure out how much house you can actually afford. 
So as hard to deny how attractive the thought of a zero down payment could be to buy a house. And this alone could just make the physician mortgages like your preference, but there's a downside to getting into a loan that easily. And it's the most simplistic thought. You start off with no equity in your house. And it's going to take you a few years to build up just a decent amount of equity. And most of us can remember a time when the housing market tanked and millions were left underwater in their home values. And it might be maybe a little hard to imagine now with the housing market being so strong as what it's been, but it always won't be this aggressive. So by not having any equity in your home, you're putting yourself in a bit of financial danger if you needed to sell your home quickly. And you might be thinking, well, I don't need to do that. I'm buying a home. Well, you never know, one, two, but a quick home sale could be needed for a ton of reasons like divorce or a job change. And it makes it even harder to sell a home when you haven't built up any equity. So if you need as much money as possible from the sell, it's probably going to be tougher for you to sink money into things that need to get fixed or staging or realtor fees. And whatever the reason for quickly moving is, you don't want to feel trapped in your home by not having any equity. So if you kind of put these you know, two and two together, you could see why it might spell disaster for a resident trying to buy their home with a physician mortgage. Heck, even a new attending, right? Job changes are frequent. It's par for the course. So having no equity and being forced to move for your job could be a disaster for your finances. So tread lightly with physician mortgages. Now, I probably just made them sound really bad, right? I gave you some really good stuff and some really bad stuff, but I've used a physician mortgage. We actually just closed on our San Diego house using a physician mortgage. This doesn't mean that I over leveraged myself. We had a house in Vegas that had equity inside of it. And I didn't want to have to sell that house and try to buy a house in San Diego with two toddlers moving to a different state all at the same time. So what we did was we did a physician mortgage on our San Diego house that allowed us to put very little down on the home and gave us a little bit more flexibility in selling our house in Vegas. And then when that ended up selling, we ended up taking the funds and the equity that we had in that house and rolled it up into our mortgage now. And we are actually in the process as of September here, uh, going through a refinance. And I'll talk about that in the next week's show. So if you have a mortgage and you think, "Mm, maybe I should look at refinancing because my rate is higher than current market rates. Good news for you. We're going to be going through all of that stuff next week in the show. Not everyone will qualify for a physician mortgage loan, but they can offer quite the opportunity, but you're still going to have to show the bank that you're qualified to take this responsibility of a loan. And so there's some factors that banks are looking for when you apply for these types. And I'm going to go through a couple things here. I'm going to talk about credit score. I'm going to talk about debt to income and And then I'll I'll touch a little bit on the self-employment requirements because we see this a lot and there's a lot of confusion there. So credit score is a huge part of the qualification process for a loan. Most physicians are going to need a credit score of 700 or higher in order to qualify for a loan. Borrowers with a credit score of 760 or higher are going to receive the best interest rates possible. And there's a term called debt utilization ratio. It's a very important factor to your credit score. The debt utilization ratio is how much of your credit 
are you using compared to how much you actually have available? And you're going to want to aim to keep your credit cards and your credit utilization below 30% of your available credit. This will have a huge impact, a positive impact on your credit score. And I personally use Credit Karma to check our credits. So you can go to financialresidency.com slash credit karma, K-A-R-M-A, sign up. It's free. If you're not monitoring your credit, you really should be. Uh, but don't go make any changes if you're already in the home buying process. So huge disclaimer there, don't make changes if you're already in going through underwriting. But if you haven't started yet, now's the time to start. So like I said, I use Credit Karma. I love it. It's free. It's super helpful in understanding more about your credit, what affects it, and how you can start monitoring your credit health today. And by doing this, you're not only going to find out what your score is, but you're going to be able to identify any red flags, which would definitely come up in the loan underwriting process. So if you haven't, if you're not already in the process before you apply for a loan, make sure you get any negative marks or errors removed if it's possible. And by getting these taken care of, you can improve your overall credit score, which gives you an advantage with your interest rate and the terms that you're likely to be offered. So the next part I want to talk about is the debt to income ratio. This is also very important for the qualification process. If you have a vehicle loan or student debt, credit cards with balances, all of this is going to be examined. As you begin the process of getting a loan, you should be able to really calculate your debt to income ratio or DTI for short on your own. So you have a general understanding of what the bank will be looking at and using when going through the qualification process. So list out your monthly rent or mortgage payment, any child or alimony payments, any auto loans or other products that you have monthly payments that your money is going towards, student debt payments, and all of your credit card payments. And for those, make sure you're using the minimum monthly payment to calculate. So you're going to add these all together and you're going to sum the total. So really it's taking your gross salary, dividing it by 12. This is your monthly gross income. Divide your monthly debts, the total, by your monthly gross income. And this will give you the debt to income percentage. So the target is 43% or lower. Now from a financial planning perspective, we want it much lower, but in calculation for a physician mortgage, 43%, obviously the lower the number, the better chance you will qualify. We get asked a ton about self-employment requirements. So for those of you that are self-employed, your salary requirements are going to look different and you will be treated differently through the loan qualification and underwriting process. You're going to have to submit two years worth of income to show your salary is consistent and preferably has increased. So for all the self-employed physicians out there, the lender is going to average these two years when calculating how much house you can afford. You're also going to have to show a stronger credit profile and likely a lower debt to income percentage. So there are a little bit more stringent salary requirements and little more hurdles you have to jump through if you're self-employed, but it's still definitely possible to get a physician mortgage if you are self-employed. There definitely are alternatives to physician mortgage loans, and I'm not going to go into a crazy amount of detail here, but I do want you to know that there are some other options out there. I'm thinking maybe I'll do an entire show on these separately and give them, you know, the airtime they deserve. But on a high level, 
There's conventional loans, FHA loans, and VA loans. So a conventional loan is the most common mortgage option out there. So chances are your neighbors and your friends, they all have conventional loans. There's a few requirements for borrowers, uh, but not that many. And you do have to have a credit score, but it's lower, 620, a stable income history, and a moderate debt to income ratio to qualify for a conventional loan. One benefit of, or I should say another benefit to conventional loans is that there are lower down payment requirements. And typically you'd have to put like three to 5%, but if you do that, anything lower than 20%, that PMI or private mortgage insurance will kick in. Again, on the high level, conventional loans aren't backed by any federal entities the way that FHA and VA loans are, which I'll get into, which means that their requirements are going to be a little more strict for underwriting. So you will most likely see lenders charging more for conventional home loans with higher interest rates. Now, FHA loans, it means that those loans are backed by the Federal Housing Authority, FHA, which insures the loans to the lenders. And these loans are generally targeted to borrowers who have lower credit scores because their credit requirements start at 580. And most people assume that the FHA loan is only for first-time borrowers, but they're wrong. You can actually qualify for an FHA loan at any time, even if you've previously owned a home before. But there's a ton of drawbacks. And the biggest one is that there's an upfront charge of PMI of 1.75%. And in addition to a monthly PMI that you would be responsible for, the monthly PMI will be charged for the entire life of the loan, not just when you click over the 20% equity inside the home. That stinks. The down payment requirement for FHAs are low, which makes it an attractive option because you can get in for as little as three and a half percent down, depending, I guess, on your situation. And the interest rates turn out to be a little bit higher than conventional loans for FHA loans. Honestly, I give you a little bit of a heads up here of like what it is, but I can't think of any time that an FHA loan would be a good idea for a physician. If you have poor credit history and your financial situation makes it so you can't put at least 5% down on a home, you probably shouldn't be buying a home. Honestly, I'll almost even say 10%, but I'll go with five for now. VA loans actually might be on the other side of this. One of the best mortgage options out there, whether you're a physician or not, the loan is available to former and current military members. And similar to the physician mortgage loan, the VA loan doesn't require any down payment. The government isn't the lender of a VA loan, but a certain percentage of the loan is backed by the government. And so that makes it a very attractive product for both the borrower and the lender. With VA loans, you won't be charged for a PMI either, just like the physician mortgage loan. Interest rates on VA loans are really competitive and they're similar to conventional loans. There aren't any extra premiums for VA loans. So if you had a choice between a VA loan and a physician mortgage, the VA loan will almost always be a better choice for you. So I've mentioned interest rates a lot. So let's jump into that for a second. There's two types. There's fixed and there's variable. And I know that I mentioned the fixed and variable interest rates briefly, but a fixed rate loan will have the same interest rate throughout the entire life of the loan. 
it won't be subject to market fluctuations or any other outside factors. A fixed rate is actually a really great rate for you to lock in a low rate now, no matter how long you choose to finance the loan. The fixed rate loans are typically available in 15 and 30 year terms, but sometimes you will see a 10 or a 20 year term length mixed in there. The lower number of years you choose, the lower the interest rate will be. A fixed rate loan is really great for those who plan to stay in your home as long as possible. This way you're locking in your rates and you won't have to worry about your payment changing one year to the next. So if interest rates go up after you purchase a home, you won't have a change in payment. But if interest rates go down, you could always consider refinancing the remaining loan balance. And like I mentioned before, we're going to do an entire show on refinancing and loan modifications. So make sure to check that out if you have an interest rate that is higher than the current market environment. The other type of rate option is an adjustable rate mortgage. With this type of loan, the interest rate will change over time. And this is very, very common for physician mortgages. So the most common adjustable rate option is the 5-1 or the 10-1 arm. And I see that a ton with physician mortgages is this 10-1 arm. What that means is you're going to have a fixed rate for the first 10 years of the loan. And then it's going to be variable for each year after the 10th year. Interest rates get recalculated once a year, which means your payment could increase the longer you own the home. Arms can be really difficult with respects to your financial plan and budgeting and cash flow because that future payment can fluctuate each year. So budgeting, it might throw it off a bit. The change in payment could be minimal, but it could be significant depending on the interest rate markets. And I tend not to recommend this to our clients because the current interest rate environment and the uncertainty of future payments as interest rates rise make it again really tough. Unfortunately, this is what most of the physician mortgage product offerings are, but there's definitely fixed options out there. You just have to look for them. I have a list on financialresidency.com to help shorten your due diligence in finding the right lender, so go check it out. So you might be going, okay, great. I get the basics on all this stuff, but like, how does the pre-approval process work? Or what do I need to do in order to get a loan? Well, I think if you give yourself about three months before you start the purchase of your home, you're going to want to go through what's called the pre-approval process with a potential lender. And the reason you'd want to do this so far ahead is because your credit's going to be pulled and you want, you don't want too many inquiries to show up as you finalize your mortgage, but you're going to need to nail down your list of potential lenders and also potentially fix your credit report. So the pre-approval process is where a lender will verify your information, the things like your income, your debts, all that good stuff, and give you feedback as to how much house you can qualify to purchase. You can get a pre-approval letter from them, which you definitely should, before you even put in an offer, because you should send that in with your offer to show that you are a strong candidate. And once you've finalized your choice of home, you also need to finalize your choice of lender. Getting pre-approved is an important step in the process for applying for the mortgage because you're going to quickly find out if there's any potential hiccups before you put in the offer. That's why I like to have a couple months cushion room there. It'll allow you to not only be ready for any obstacles that are coming up, but it'll also show home sellers that you're a serious buyer. And it really could help getting uh, your offer accepted 
versus someone who hasn't already been pre-approved. So when you go to get quotes from lenders and you start that pre-approval process, there's going to be a ton of information that's coming from the lenders. But ultimately, there's a few qualities you want to look for when you're making the right decision on which lender to choose. And the couple things that I want you to look at are closing costs. And this is the exact amount the lender charges to process and complete your loan. You'll also want to look at the interest rate and make sure how much interest you're going to pay. The other thing I think that we should factor into this is customer service. So if you're putting out feelers to a bunch of lenders, who has the best customer service? They need to be timely and friendly because when you start this process of buying a home, you have a tight deadline and you want to make sure that the lender you are choosing to work with is responsive and going to work with you and help you get through this process. Getting quotes from a lot of lenders, I think is the best financial decision because you will be really surprised at the different terms between one lender and another lender. Now, before you decide to make one of the biggest purchases of your life, you need to make sure that you're in it for the right reasons. It's tough when you're a resident or just starting your medical career to not look around and compare yourself to others. If you have friends who aren't in the medical field, chances are they've purchased a home and are working on, you know, settling down. You might think like, man, I need to, I need to purchase a house in order to prove that I'm capable of settling down, but it's simply too big of an investment to base on what you quote unquote think you should do. Taking out a home loan is a huge major commitment, not only financially, but also a commitment of your time. Financially speaking, you really shouldn't purchase a home unless you're planning on staying in that home for at least five years. Because when you purchase a home, the mortgage is structured so almost all of your monthly payment goes towards interest first, not your principal balance. And in addition to the interest of the loan, you're also responsible for all the fees associated with the mortgage. Now, this is like fees such as appraisals, closing costs, moving expenses, Look, all these costs add up very, very quickly. And unless you live in a really hot market and your property value just explodes immediately, chances are it's going to take you years to recoup the upfront fees and interest that it took to actually buy the home. So in addition to all the money things that it takes when you're buying a home, it takes a lot of time to take care of the home. You need to be responsible for all the repairs and maintenance. And trust me, nothing ever breaks when it's convenient for your finances. Whatever home you do purchase, it's super critical to have an emergency fund in place because you're now the one responsible for the new water heater or the AC when it breaks. And you're going to be really thankful that you have those funds to pay for it. So when analyzing the cost of a home, don't forget to factor in all the other fees associated with owning a home. Do you have mellow ruse or do you have, you've got insurance costs or HOAs, taxes, home repair and maintenance, lawn care, utilities. Oh my gosh, there's so much more. So just make sure that you're thinking globally about this because owning a home is a really expensive proposition. Even if you purchase less than what you were quote unquote approved to buy. And that really brings me to my last point before you consider purchasing a home is to make sure you're ready to stay put. How long do you want to be tied to that area? If you have any thoughts of moving after you complete residency, then honestly, you better hold off waiting to purchase. It's again, hard to recoup the money if you live in a home less than five years. 
All things being said, home ownership definitely has its benefits because you're in control. You have a place of your own and you have the potential to make money off the sale one day, but you should never purchase a home unless you go into it with your eyes wide open. It's too expensive to gamble with your finances if you're just not ready. So next week, we're going to have Roger Whitney from the Retirement Answer Man on to talk all about filling the gaps of healthcare in retirement. And then in two weeks, we're going to be doing a deep dive. I really hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Make sure you check out the guide that I created to help walk through how much house you can afford. It's so critical that you understand and know how much house you can afford as you start evaluating the mortgage options and types while you look for your new home. So again, in the description of this episode where you're listening to me right now, there's a link. Click on it. I'll send you over the guide to make sure that you're not going to overspend on your upcoming home purchase. Thank you again for being here. I am super pumped that you decided to take some time out of your day to listen to me yap over here about finances. Clearly, it's my passion and I know I'm super nerdy about it, but this information is for you and I'm just happy to be the messenger. I am honored to have you here with me, but I can't give you any specific advice on your financial situation through the show. You need to consult an attorney, a CPA, or reach out to us, fee-only financial planners, before you go and make any big money decision. It's just the smart thing to do. So have a great week. See you guys on Friday. Cheers. Cheers.